Hey, Richard Kingsmill here. Parcels have always done things a little differently to most Australian bands. Starting up at high school in Byron Bay, it was not long after the release of their debut single that they actually headed off to Europe to base themselves in Berlin. That's where they've pretty much been since 2015. They've built a fan base there and even hooked up with the guys from Daft Punk who produced this 2017 single of theirs. A year after that, they released their debut album, and now three years later, they've done their second. It's a pretty surprising album, too, from the five-piece. called Day Night, an ambitious double album, or two separate albums depending on how you look at it, 19 songs in all across the release. They've produced it themselves, just like they did their first album, and they recorded it in Paris at La Frette, a studio where others like the Arctic Monkeys and Nick Cave have recorded as well. So let's find out a little bit more about this album right now. I got to speak to Anatole from the band. He goes by the nickname of Toto. We're back in Berlin. We've just come back home from London, Paris, Berlin, and it was the first time we've played in 18 months. So it was, uh, it was a pretty huge week, but um, now we've got a few days off before New York. Yeah, you're going to the States, I know, next week to do some performances there. I was actually just watching before your performance in Paris, which I gather was one of the performances you did last week. What was it like after 18 months getting back back up on stage? It didn't look like you had kind of missed a beat too much. <laughs> uh, it was magical, honestly. The first show in London was just like a dream come true and they were the best audience and it was the same in Paris and Berlin. It was just like people were so stoked to be there and that makes us so stoked to be there. And we had an amazing time at every one of those shows. Yeah. Well, the one in Paris looked like you were connecting pretty strongly with the audience. So it did look like a bit of a celebration. Let's talk about the sort of the changes, especially musically with this this record. I've got to find out though, because I know you were back in Australia for a period of time kind of writing this material. Can you sort of set up the timeline of when you started writing this and when you were back in Australia? Yeah, it was in February of 2020 and we just finished playing an Australian tour and we rented a house in the rainforest just outside of Byron Bay and we there was like hundreds of demos already um, and we just basically set up in this house and kind of locked ourselves away from the world and it was the same time as the bushfires and then there was all this flooding and we basically got flooded into this house but that's when it started. Like, that's when we started, like, all right, we're working on a new album, which, which I think we were already talking about doing two albums back then. Because you had that much material. Um, that was one of the reasons, yeah. And then there's this, like, there's a bit of a soft spot around the second album that there's a lot of talk about bands' second albums. And so we were like, we've got to do something completely different to kind of skip that. And then conceptually, we were super interested in the idea of duality and, you know, splitting the band into two and trying to make 
two versions of the same band in a way. I don't know. We were pretty deep. Yeah, you you kind of you touched on you know when your first record came out towards the end of 2018, you kind of touched on that because listening to back to that record, there are elements of what you've kind of expanded on on this one. So it was already kind of in the DNA of the band back then. But it, it was it just kind of like wanting to have a bit more freedom so you could explore those extremes. Absolutely, um, I think it's like something that we really struggled with was like as soon as the song was getting too dark it was like oh we need to lighten it up a little bit or as soon as something was too like happy go lucky pop we were like oh it needs to have like a melancholic factor or something needs to be a bit off and then that kind of led to like oh what if there was two albums and then we could go really in both extremes um and not not have to worry about making it all fit in a way Yeah. See, the thing with Parcels is that you could naturally be a party band 24-7 and people would love it. So was there a kind of like a a lot of looking and introspection and going, you know, are we actually cutting off our nose to spite our face? Are we losing what people kind of maybe love about us and what we're really great at just to explore this artistic side? Did you kind of analyse it that way too? I think, yeah, we probably had the same thought, but from a different perspective was like as soon as people kind of label us as just like a you know a disco band or a party band we're like oh no like we want to be so much more and I don't think honestly I don't know if we considered the audience like at that time we were just like oh we don't want to do that like but you know we also love some of those elements in that music and so it's not like we we don't want to do it at all it's just like we want to go further in different directions as well. That track is called Lord Henry from Parcels. That one, lyrically, was inspired by one of the characters in Oscar Wilde's The Portrait of Dorian Gray. But musically, this is what Toto said that they were after for that one. There's obviously like a Michael Jackson influence in the uh, in that loud percussion. But um, when we were recording it, we found all these cowbells from the percussionist that was playing with us. That We, we thought it sounded like an Australian tin shed instead of like we're trying to get away from the Michael Jackson percussion influence and so we kind of put our heads into this like someone banging on a, a tin shed in the desert kind of like a 
the one that's on the cover of Midnight Oil's album. Another one of the highlights off the album is the track Famous. Famous has a fantastic video for it too, which Toto has the starring part in, turning on his best dance moves. <laughs> I do, yeah, it's my... Uh... It's my famous moment. It's my 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> you, you, you really nail the performance. Just sort of t- tell us about where the idea sprang from because you do this, you know, fantastic choreography, dancing around your room and elsewhere. It's really stylish stuff. You're a natural. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I mean, I love to dance. Um, I should give a big uh, thank you to Carmen Cromlin who did all of our music videos for this record. But I think the idea came originally from Pat, who just basically said it to her one night, like, oh, you should get Toto dancing in one of the film clips. Because I think often when we get together and there's music on, I'm, I'm the first one to start dancing, you know? And um, she was like, yeah, let's do it. And then found a way to weave it into the story that she kind of had already had. And um, yeah, I had a great time. I had I took a few dancing lessons before the before the video and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> Were you very self-conscious? It didn't look like it. Um, it's definitely one thing dancing in front of people you don't know. And so like on set there was like the lighting guys and the makeup artist and, and all these people that obviously wanted to watch. And I was like, oh, my God, like what? I don't know if I can do this. Like it's, you know, it's different to a nightclub or a, like a, I don't know, a ballroom where everyone else is dancing. It's just me. But um, I don't know. I just we put the music up loud and I just kind of went for it and um, I got into it after after a couple of takes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you were well and truly in the moment. It's great. I encourage anyone to actually suss out the film clip to Famous, the new song from Parcels. With, with, with that track, just tell us about the timeline of Famous because obviously it's kind of very different. It's one of those, you know, more um, disco moments from Parcels. When did you actually start writing that track so the groove had come from Jules it was on a demo that we'd been playing for a while and you know we knew it grooved and then the chorus chords came out of a maybe a different song but somehow we linked them together and we were like oh this is really cool like they those sections really fit and we'd recorded it and then it was getting to like the end of our time at the studio in Lafrette where we recorded and we didn't have lyrics, but there was lyrics to the verse that they kind of didn't mean much yet. But then we really wanted to explore the idea on the night side of the record that the nighttime is a place where you can think things that you wouldn't allow yourself to think in the day, whether they're the darker thoughts or the thoughts that, you know, are centered around your ego or just like allowing yourself to be whoever you want even if it's not a nice person uh, in the night. And one of those is being fame and being truthful about how you feel about fame and wanting to be famous. And we talked about that, but, you know, we hadn't got the lyrics. And then the next morning, Jules came downstairs and he'd written the chorus and he'd sung it for us. And we were like, yes, it's perfect. Like, it's everything that we wanted it to say. Um, and it's also like, you know, if you didn't look at the concept, it's just like a banging disco chorus. Be famous. Be famous. Be 
after they workshopped some initial song ideas outside of Byron at the start of 2020, Parcels headed back to Berlin right as the world started going into lockdown. Some of the guys made the decision to head back home during the pandemic, which was the first time the band weren't all in the same place at the same time. And after a few months of separation, they met back up again in Berlin and started focusing on getting this second album done. Before we started rehearsing the songs, which we wanted to record, we were like, all right, we've spent so much time away, like no one's really been playing with anyone. Let's get into the rehearsal room. And basically for a month, we put all of our songs on the side and we did something that we've never done before. And we just learned covers like of music of all different genres. We started with like the blues like way back in the day i'm not so good with (laughs) the eras of the blues but we started with the blues we went into funk tracks we went into soul tracks there was some rock tracks there was some there was a lot of 80s rock there was like metal we played some jazz and we just basically played these songs like note for note how we heard them just to see what other people had done in the past with arrangements and the chord shapes and the grooves and bass lines and how they worked with the drums and like we just basically studied the songs that we loved for a whole month and we really focused on you know getting better at each one of our individual instruments and it was actually so fun and so liberating to just not work on our own material but just kind of put our head into you know someone else's creations and then after that We went back to the songs that we had and then we spent a few more months in the rehearsal room with those tracks and eventually made it into the studio in Paris, outside of Paris. Do you reckon the playing and the, I don't know, the sort of like the chemistry between the band members really changed after doing that approach? Yeah, definitely. And I reckon I could recommend it to any band because it's something that we've never done before either. But I think we just wanted to get inspired again and we wanted to... um, It felt like less pressure at the start than, you know, working on the songs that we'd kind of spent months already thinking about, even though we weren't working together. Like everyone was listening to what we'd done and and we kind of wanted to throw it all out the window and just shake it up. And it was it was a really beautiful experience. And I discovered so much music that the boys were listening to. And yeah, it was honestly one of the most fun things we've ever done. Uh, how how do you feel now at the end of this process? Obviously, you know, this, this is a lot of work that's gone into it from each of the five members of the band and you've actually, you know, pretty much produced it yourself. You did have James Ford mixing it afterwards. But how proud are you when you all listen back to it? What are you, what are you saying to each other? Yeah, we were sitting backstage after the show in Paris and it was the release day and Jules just basically said, like, look, I'm really proud of us, guys. And, and we were all feeling it. But it felt so nice to kind of say it, even though not in an egotistical way, in a really humble way, just that we've spent so long on it and something happens after the master's finished and like we've signed off that it's done, you kind of put it as far away from you as possible because, you know, it had already been so long. But then for it to be out in the world, it's like it's got a new life now and it's not like giving it away. It's like now we can share it. And yeah, we're, we're super proud.
Castles, once again taken from their epic new album called Day Night. As we continue to celebrate Oz Music Months, you can check out my 2021 feed and the podcast to hear recent interviews I've also done with Azuri Ryder, Melbourne band Loser and hip-hop legend Draft. Oh.